Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit for Amazon Sellers podcast. It's Kirsty and Isaac from Real Coaching here again to help you get some invaluable insights about how to succeed long-term on Amazon by creating a cash-generating business that puts money back into your pocket instead of flying out the window. This week, we're going to be speaking with Melly Shabangu from Avaska Accounting about some of the new rules and regulations that have happened for Amazon sellers in the wake of Brexit and any other tips and strategies that she can share with us today. That's right. So Melanie has been working with Amazon sellers, I think for the last seven, probably even nearly eight years now. And she and her team are the absolutely go-to experts when it comes to all things, you know, tax and compliance related in the EU and the UK. And she's also got some great insights because she's worked with so many different sellers across the globe. So really understands, you know, what trips people up and also what's really makes them successful. And she's also, we just had a chat just before we got on uh, to recording this about um, her helping sellers exit as well. So we can talk about Brexit and I'm an <laughs> exit or something as well. Right? <laughs> now we have had Melanie on before. So usually what we do is, you know, we'll go through all your backstory and stuff like that, but we can kind of skip that part today because we've already gone through that stuff and we're going to put a link to your previous episode in our show notes down below. So if you guys want to check that out, off you go. But really what we want to dive into today, which is a hot topic for a lot of people, number one, if they're already selling in the EU, right, or the UK, outside of the UK and EU. And of course, all those people already selling in the EU. What is, well, we know what Brexit is, but what does it actually mean for Amazon sellers? How is it going to change what they're currently doing? Is it going to cost them more money? All those core questions that people are asking, right? And so a lot of people are starting to panic and it's and it kind of stopping them as well, expanding into those markets. So maybe what we'll do is, is kind of start out with, you know, what are some of the key changes that you've seen with Brexit that are actually happening for distance sellers, you know, outside the UK and the EU? And then we'll kind of jump into the people that are already kind of selling in those markets or living and working in those markets. How does that sound, Melanie? Yeah, that's, uh, that's good. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me again. It's 2021. I think when we last connected was uh, 2020. You know, it seems like ages ago uh, when uh, we last uh, met uh, uh, back in, in LA. But yeah, thanks again for having um, uh, myself here on uh, your uh, webinar or podcast. So there's been loads of changes that have happened over uh, the period of uh, three months. You know, it seemed like January seemed like uh, almost 12 months ago, um, especially when it comes to uh, shipping. We sent out a lot of information back in December, advising our clients to make sure that they must have uh, sufficient inventory for when they are shipping in Europe in, because the first three months or the first quarter is going to be havoc. Now, we didn't know to what extent the havoc was going to be like because, you know, we had never lived into life after Brexit. You know, uh, when we came into this space, we were part of the European Union. And of course, the changes that have uh, come in, they've uh, brought in, uh, I would say, some a, a bit of challenges. But we did foresee that things like this were, were going to happen. Now, I would say previously, 
most of the uh, sellers, when they were expanding over into Europe, UK has always been seen as the gateway to the market, to the EU marketplace. And, uh, and, and, and by that, what I mean is that all the shipments, anybody sending inventory from the US or anywhere in the world, they were sending it to the UK. And then if you were part of the pan-EU program, Amazon then would distribute the inventory uh, all over Europe for you. Job done. Now, Brexit comes in, Amazon turns around on the 1st of January or even before that, around the 18th of December, it was like uh, they're no longer going to be uh, transferring inventory to other countries in Europe that's from the UK. So which means all of a sudden we are being uh, cut off uh, from the whole big party EU 27 uh, from the 1st of January. Now, UK, as far as like shipping into, into the UK after Brexit, really good. We were ready as a country to take on as much capacity as possible. But also for us as a company, what we did is we saw the opportunity that was there and we um, incorporated uh, our services for customs uh, and trade. And by that, what it meant is that we could now help clients to clear um, inventory when it when it came to any of the ports in the UK. So if they needed a, a, an indirect representative or a, a, a customs uh, uh, consultant, we could we could take on that responsibility. So UK side easy. Now, if you're looking for inventory now, that is here in the UK and it has to go into Europe. That's where the problem is. That's the export part. Mm-hmm. Because where Europe was not familiar with uh, the amount of inventory that comes through their port, all of a sudden, and there was free movement, UK was the one that was dealing with inventory from all over all over the world. Mm-hmm. And which for, that's why for the UK side, it's always been easy to take on new, new customers that are shipping into the UK, but Europe, Germany, France, Spain, Italy, the paperwork, I would say from January, it's been um it's it's been crazy because we basically moved in a place whereby maybe one or two pieces of uh, uh, papers were required for clearance to to having uh, something like uh, um, uh, nine, eight or 10 documents, 12 documents that needs to be completed when you are shipping over into, in, into Europe. Now, that itself, it's put... Uh, I would say most of the some some of the sellers have put brakes on the whole operation and the thought that you know what let Q1 pass things are going to get better, you know, with shipping into Europe. But I don't think anything is going to get better uh, with Europe. They are very slow on the processes. But what we have done, we have turned around and say, how could we remove the headache that is there for our clients that are looking to ship? into Europe. And what we've done is that we've partnered with uh, uh, some of the best in the industry, that is uh, some uh, uh, shipping companies that are helping our sellers and we are becoming the indirect representatives in those countries. And sometimes we are actually even incorporating some of the businesses into, into Europe. Now, 
If you ask me which country today should you be shipping to into Europe uh, where you're going to see more success of uh, them uh, clearing their inventory, I would say Germany is one of those that uh, the headache is gone because they've sort of like uh, aligned with the paperwork that is required. France is not a bad option to ship to. Um, Italy is not also another bad option and also the Netherlands, that's the four. Now, one of the one of the funny things that actually happened, uh, I would say this is about a few weeks ago, um, is that, um, so we've got uh, an entity in uh, the Republic of Ireland. Um, if you know your geography very well, you will know that the Republic of Ireland, it's part of the European Union. But we were told at customs when we were clearing for a client in Germany that um, this is a UK, uh, this is a, a, a country that is part of the United Kingdom. It's not a European country. And um, they, they did actually return some of the inventory back. What we need, what we had to do was to go to the European website and pull out information and gave them to so that they can see that no, Republic of Ireland is actually part of the European Union. So here is the geography there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I would say it, it, it's it's been it's been challenging, but I think we have got a strategy now. Um, for anybody that is looking to ship into Europe or into the UK now, the process, it's not going to be as challenging as it was, especially January, February. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So essentially, I think what you're saying is, so before Brexit happened, Amazon kind of did all that for us as sellers, right? So we were able to literally send our stock into the UK. Either we as a seller went through the Pan EU program, or we just kind of stuck all our stock in the UK and then the customer could draw from that stock, it would just cost us a little bit more money. So with Brexit now, Amazon are not doing that for us. Is that correct? Correct. correct. Right. And so how would it work if we put our stock into the UK? Are sellers in, in Europe still able to buy off their own website and draw the stock from the UK? Oh, that's not possible either. So as a seller, we now have to ship our product if we want to sell in Germany, we have to get it to Germany. If we want to sell in Italy, we have to get it to Italy, et cetera. Or can we then just send all our stock to a European Union country like Germany, and then the stock can be drawn from there for the rest of Europe? How, do, how does that work? So right now, the launch strategy, especially if you're launching for the first time or if already you were registered in the UK, say for instance, because the UK was, of course, uh, the gateway to the European play, marketplace, I would turn around and say we need to make sure that we get uh, two VAT numbers for you. We get one for the UK. That's going to be focusing for the UK. And I would turn around and say as well, I suggest that uh, you have uh, two inventory movements that are going to be coming through. You've got one that's coming through into, into the UK and you've got another one that's coming through into the Europe. Now, into the European marketplace. Now, if you, if you look at which country should I be registering in in order for me to be able to scale my business in Europe? I would turn around and say, let's look at two options there. We've got France and we've got Germany. Germany is much more attractive. Why? Because the, I don't know if you are aware, but you know, even before the Polish platform was actually open, more countries in Europe speak German. Mm -hmm. um, so 
Hence why the cell, there's more cells that are coming through the German platform. So I would turn around and say, let's get a VAT number in Germany. At least that's going to take another two to three months before you get the VAT number. But let's get that process moving. But if you turn around and say, do you know what? I want to launch as soon as possible. So I'm going to turn around and say, if uh, there is uh, sufficient uh, funding for free launch, then let's go for three VAT numbers. I'm going to get you a VAT number within 24 hours in Italy. And we're going to wait for Germany. So which means your inventory is going to go straight into Italy. And uh, the, the sales are going to be distributed from Italy. Once you have the, the German VAT number, then you know that you can choose between the two countries. And you may want to turn around and say, hey, I'm going to have uh, some inventory in Italy, some in Germany, and UK is going to be the one that is cool. Uh, I wouldn't suggest by any means that uh, you need to bring everything into the UK, then into Europe, just because you may find that there's going to be duplication of paying off uh, duties uh, as well. So make sure that whatever that's coming through into, into UK, it stays in UK. Whatsoever that's going into Europe, it stays in Europe. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And, and just to clarify, <clears throat> when you sell into a European country, so let's say we're going to sell in Germany, we got to store our, our goods in Germany, we have to register for VAT. If we wanted to then sell into Italy from our German inventory, is that possible? And do we have to register for VAT in each country that we sell into from there? No, no, you won't need to register unless, unless of course you store inventory, then if you store an inventory in any country, you need to make sure that you've got the VAT number. But if you don't store the inventory right now, we've got thresholds in place. So which means that you'll be guided by the thresholds that you say X amounts of uh, in uh, goods in this country then it means that you're going to have to register in that country. But also, you don't have to, um, to register for VAT and uh, list your products in the Italian platform. There's no need for that. So you could just turn around and say, hey, if the VAT number in Germany, say for instance, it came out quicker, then I'm going to register for VAT number in Germany. Germany is going to be my home country where I'm going, my, main, my inventory is going to be moving from. And then... You know, I'm going to list in the French platform, Netherlands, Poland, Spain, Italy, and I'll be selling from one fulfillment center. So which means that goods, Amazon is going to transfer all the inventory into all the other countries without any problem because it's borderless. So you don't have to worry. For you, it's a matter of you listing uh, your, your product and uh, having one fulfillment center that is going to be carrying out uh, the, the, the shipping for you. And then the, the other thing about that is... Um, you know, I actually had to register for VAT across many countries last, no, 2019 um, in Europe because unbeknownst to me, Amazon was returning my goods to their own warehouses in countries and that was leaving me a nexus in those countries. So Germany was like, you absolutely have inventory in German warehouses. I was like, no, yeah. I don't. I only have it in UK warehouses. And they were like, we'll pull up this report. And I was like, Oh yeah, it says I got like 67 units in stock or something. I was like, I have no idea how yeah. they got there because they're not sellable from there. It's just returns. Yeah. So that was when I was like, okay, well, there's a couple of things there that kind of stink about that kind of uh, nexus. So is that still yeah. pretty much the case? I know Germany was the only one kind of enforcing it um, through from 2019 to 2020. I don't think the other countries really cared, uh, but is mm -hmm. it, that's kind of the, the rule for most of the European countries then as well. Yeah, I, and I will say that um, that was horrible because that happened to many sellers. Um, and, and, and it was just down to the point whereby Amazon launched uh, the Pan EU program. 
And uh, when the Pan-Ear program was launched, I think there was a sort of like a general assumption or it was a, it made business sense uh, for somebody to then just uh, um, put inventory anywhere. It was an easier option because most sellers were, the majority of them, they went Pan, they took on the, the Pan-EU promotion. And I will say it's that Pan-EU promotion. Do you know things happen, mistakes happen in the marketplace where suddenly your inventory is being stored in a country whereby you are not, it's not supposed to be stored there. And uh, it, it brings forth a liability because even if you've got goods that are, are worth 50 pounds in Germany, that causes liability because you've got uh, inventory. So, but it's not a strategy that I would turn around and say um, people need to register because what that does, it drives people to register in all the um, nine countries that are there where Amazon has got fulfillment centers right now in Europe, or it's, it's eight actually that they've got fulfillment centers in. And um, whereas uh, there isn't any need for that. However, the VAT registration costs, they have gone, I would say they are 40% lesser than when you guys launched some years ago, Kesti, mm -hmm. um, when you first uh, launched in the European market, and as well as yourself, Isaac. Mm -hmm. So they, they've gone lesser. You're talking about 4,900. That is for seven countries. That gave you one and a half countries. <laughs> yeah. At yeah. least in, in 2017, uh, 16, 15. So, and, and, and registration was uh, anything between uh, 350 euros to 500 uh, euros. So it was, uh, it, it was definitely different then. So that's one thing that maybe we need to look at that, you know, have a, a launch strategy. But for me, I would turn around and say, if, if you, if, if say you were launching uh, from there uh, or, or you've got a successful um, uh, store out in the US and you're looking to basically launch in Europe, you want to do a test. You want to make sure that uh, your, your, your product will work in Europe. And many chances they do. So UK is obvious one because English speaking country is easier to launch. And uh, uh, if there's any problem, I'm sure you wouldn't mind to come to the UK. Now, if when it comes to Germany, it seems like another big country and a big monster. It's like, where am I going to start? Again, you know, I would say start with at least the UK and as well as one European country. As you sell, then you're going to find the likes of Amazon putting the, the inventory in wrong places. But at least you would have done a test on, uh, on, on your product. You know very well that, you know, things are going well. Yeah, I think one of the key things as well is, like you say, when, when we started, it was it was still the Wild West, right? So we were just like, yeah, brilliant. Let's let's go and like sell in all these marketplaces. And it and it was awesome for, for a time. Um, but then more sellers, more money, more problems, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but the great news now, and it's the same for even when people are looking to even sell on Amazon. Right. Mm -hmm. There's so many strategies. There's so many people like I mean, you guys are ahead of the pack. But there's so many different services now that are going to help, mm -hmm. you know, navigate the waters, so to speak. You guys are at the forefront of that. You've just kind of like come up with a solution for sellers on an inventory and a supply chain perspective. And, you know, we're talking here about VAT compliance, right? So mm -hmm. one of the key mm -hmm. things is for people is not to get put off by this because at the end of the day, 
mistakes are always going to be there. Um, mm. But what happens with those mistakes is people learn and they also develop new strategies that get around those things, which mm -hmm. is awesome, right? So I think yeah. that's kind of a core message that people kind of need to take mm -hmm. away is, yeah, is, you know, Brexit makes it kind of more difficult, but also it's going to make it more streamlined in the process. Now you don't have to register for every marketplace, right? Just yeah. in case kind of thing. And so mm -hmm. when they've got someone like you guys in their corner, Mm -hmm. um you guys are going to be able to say well what do you want to achieve here's this here's kind of like a one-year strategy a two-year strategy here's how I would see yeah. it kind of you know laid out for you which I think is really cool rather than just like sitting there going oh my god it sounds too complicated I'm just not going to bother yeah yeah and, and, and I was going to add on that that uh, you know unfortunately there's no size that uh, fits all um and just to maybe go back um uh, a, a bit um we, we spoke about the thresholds in Europe, but also just to add that if uh, somebody or people knew that there were thresholds between UK and Europe, they don't exist, those thresholds today. So which means the UK is the UK and then the thresholds they receive, they, they, they exist within the EU 27. That's one thing to, to, to note. And now if you're talking about strategy, yes, you know, you, you're going to have, you, you get sellers um, from the US that turn around and say, I'm just going to launch in the UK uh, only. For me, I'm looking at the point that that's missed opportunity because you could have actually listed in Germany. Um, you could have listed in the other marketplaces and that's not going to cost you any difference. And your products are in Europe. And the fact that we've got borders now uh, between UK and Europe, but that shouldn't be something that is uh, stopping you. Uh, to explore. It, they, these uh, The opportunities are absolutely endless. And also, despite the challenges that I spoke about uh, in the beginning, that, you know, they, 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 yes, the challenges uh, were there, but I would say <laughs> the, the, the people at Customs Post, I'm, I'm sure with the legal education that we've given them uh, with their maps to, to see that uh, actually Republic of Ireland is, is, uh, is in Europe, they are actually learning the fact that uh, you know, even though there is that uh, indirect representation that is required right now, yes, as long as we have a company in Europe, we will be able to represent them, and that we're going to be able, they're going to be able to ship successfully into Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and I know that there's obviously new marketplaces open up in Europe as well, like Sweden, the Netherlands have been recent. Um, so it's not like the the marketplaces are shrinking; they're expanding as much as they can. And while you might not have, you know, a lot of you know, volume in some of those countries and some of those marketplaces, you know, like you said, Germany's pretty, pretty big. I mean, not only does Germany speak German, but Austria speaks it, Switzerland speaks it, some parts of France, the Netherlands, Belgium, they kind of speak it as well. So there mm -hmm. is a decent number of German speaking people. So that's a pretty good one to start with, especially considering, as far as I remember, Germany is the largest country in population in yes. And it, it even actually has more people than the UK itself. So mm -hmm. it is a great country to move into if that's, you know, part of your process and you strategically, you know, strategically find that, Hey, you know what? I think I can move mm -hmm. over here. I'm going to test it out. I'm going to send 500, a thousand units or whatever, and just see what happens. Um, make sure obviously you get your translations done and everything. But yeah, I think, you know, as you do that, you can test the other markets one by one, as opposed to just saying, mm -hmm. I'm going to open it up to everything. And like you said, without the borders in, in the European union, you can just list there. You don't have to send inventory there. You just make sure you get the translations done and you'll see if you get sales. So it is much easier to work with the fact that the European Union is now kind of got that pretty much down. And it's, you yeah. know, most people 
were afraid to ship into the European continent for some reason. It was like, hey, let's just go to the UK, deal with one vat and one importation and one customs. I don't want to have to figure this out again for another country. So it was like, that almost stopped them from just even thinking or considering about sending in Germany or whatever. But now it's like, you kind of have to. So like, you've got the UK, you've got Europe. It's two separate places now. So you'll, if you want to sell in Europe, you have to send it to a different place, which like Kirsty said, it, it kind of streamlines it because it, it compartmentalizes things for you as well. So like, yeah. this is my UK stuff over here. This is my Europe mm-hmm. stuff over here. Absolutely. And uh, I would say, look at uh, US and uh, Canada. If uh, you are selling in the US and you've launched also in the Canadian marketplace, it's going to be the same. You're going to, uh, again, do the same thing here in the UK. So look at us as, uh, I, I don't want to say that uh, we look at us as Canada because uh, for us, uh, we've got uh, uh, definitely, I would say, developed marketplace than Canada. But I would say it, 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 it is a great position to be at. Yeah, you don't want to compare yourself to Canada. Canada wants to compare themselves to the UK, right? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Not in Quebec. Just... <laughs> yeah, not in Quebec. <laughs> and I would say from, from, from a launch strategy point of view, do you know what? The, the, the other good news that are there is that Amazon started collecting uh, VAT um, for, on behalf of sellers and remitting it to HMRC as from the 1st of January. What that did, it meant that there was a lot of these sellers that came out through the, 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 the nets that were not being compliant. And all of a sudden, uh, the government is, call, is uh, so Amazon is collecting the, uh, the taxes and they're remo- remitting them to the tax authority. And, and again, that's where the opportunity is. People do not realize that, you know, there's just literally little things that happen out there that creates huge opportunities because, you know, the people that were not paying the VAT at the 20% rate in the UK, they've fallen off the net. They're no longer there Then because, uh, you know, they haven't got a choice now. Somebody yeah. else is collecting the VAT and Amazon doesn't care what rate your, VAT, your, the, the, your products are at. You correct that via your VAT return. So I would say the online marketplace collecting the VAT portion, it's also created another huge opportunity for sellers out there. Now, we're looking for changes that they're going to be happening in Europe as from the 1st of uh, July. And I would say that we're not talking, we are talking about the OSS, but, you know, I don't want to talk about it right now. And for the simple reason that not all countries have actually agreed or they've got systems ready for the OSS. Now, we will know from April, and that's when we're going to be starting to share a lot of information on it as far as like how that is going to be looking like. But I would say now that the distance selling thresholds within countries, they're going to be reduced uh, down to 10,000 euros. So there's going to be that harmonization of uh, the European rules uh, in, in, in Europe under the EU 27. But, you know, we can talk about it once we know. Um, we've uh, confirmed with some of the cu- countries, I would say France is ready for the new changes from 1st of July. Um, you've got uh, Germany is not ready. Netherlands it was not ready. Italy, they didn't want to say much. They just said we must uh, contact them uh, around uh, April. We will know whether they're going to be going ahead or with the new rules. And again, with all these rules that are coming into place, and I'll say that they will create an opportunity for anybody that is coming in to launch for the first time. Because again, the people that are not being compliant, you know, they they, they will not want 
to all the people that are undercutting you, they will not want to stay in the market because they will not be making any profits. Mm -hmm. So which means it's going to be the proper entrepreneurs, the people that have got a, a, a business plan that is for the future for their business. I would say, for me, I don't know, I'm waffling, but yeah. I would say it's going to be the strong ones that will survive the market. Yeah, yeah that's a really good, it's a really good point about the, the VAT because if um, anybody's listening, they're in the US and they, they haven't even thought about Europe or UK yet. Um, the difference is with sales tax, Amazon in most states now will actually collect it for you. However, the customer pays it on exit, right? Um mm -hmm. The seller does we don't have to like worry about collecting it. Now, the pricing in the UK and in Europe is VAT is kind of a sales tax. However, it's built into the price of your product and the customer right. sees that in the price of the product. And so what was happening was that there was a lot of sellers that weren't registered who were undercutting sellers that were registered, which meant meant that their prices were 20% or less than um you know, people that were doing it properly. So that's what you're saying, Melanie, is that, so now Amazon, and which is great news for sellers because it's like, mm -hmm. awesome, I don't have to deal with that crap, right? Like basically Amazon yeah. can sort it out. Um, yeah. But if you're not putting it as part of your profit margins, you part of your, your ROIs, your return on investments, then you're screwed <laughs> because if you're mm -hmm. running at really low margins anyway, yeah. then the you're going to have to put the price up. And so it means yeah. it a more fair marketplace for everybody, which is yeah. awesome. And I was just going to say the one thing um, there is that, just because Amazon actually collects and remits it doesn't mean you don't have to file. Like you still have to Absolutely. file because, uh, you know, it'd be great if you just said, Hey, here's my stuff. <laughs> Amazon, go ahead and figure it out. I'm just going to send yeah. it to you. Yeah. But at least you don't have to hold it in a bank account somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. You don't have to hold it for, for another quarter in the UK where the filing is on a quarterly basis and uh, Europe and most of the countries on a monthly basis. Uh, in, in Europe, you're still going to be able to remit that, that the funds, but with the changes that are going to be coming up uh, on the 1st of July, um, again, um, Amazon might be put in that position whereby they are collecting um, the, 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 the VAT portion. But I would say right now, UK, the UK government uh, has, has made the process a bit simpler for sellers. So which means by the time you're getting your money from Amazon, all the fees have been deducted. That money is going straight into your bank account. You don't have to be worrying, worried about remitting it. We will deal with the paperwork of uh, VAT filing and correct whatsoever that Amazon has actually filed because we compare how much Amazon has paid to the tax authorities and also how much are we going to be filing to correct whatsoever amounts that have been uh, deducted from your account by the marketplace. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and the one good thing about this is, is that, you know, the first thing people are going to hear in this conversation is, oh my God, taxes, compliance. And they're just going to like, brain is just going to shut down. Right. Because we're not accountants. You are, yeah. we're not, we're not, we're not here to like learn all the compliance rules for every single country in the European union or, you know, in the UK, but that's what, that's why we lean on experts, right? That's why we turn to you and say, Hey, Melanie, we're not going to have a conversation about this unless we bring you into it because you actually know what the hell you're talking about. So just yep. like us asking you these questions, sellers shouldn't be going out and trying to figure this stuff all out because you're going to spend years, literally, and by the time you understand it, it's going to change in six months. So might as well just have somebody who's paid professionally to do this mm -hmm. and get them to understand that as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I will say as an entrepreneur, don't try and figure out things for yourself because you're going to complicate things. This is when you think that everything is hard. Everything is hard. You can't wear all the business hats in your business. There are things that you won't understand fully, but you're going to want a professional that's going to be able to deal uh, with that. And I would say the moment you put complication on your head, the whole business plan or whatsoever positivity of you looking to explore other market, it goes out because you think it is hard. And I would say the University of Facebook, um, it's one of the challenging ones these days for people whereby, you know, they get um, all the advices from from their friends or other people online. Oh, it's difficult. Oh, it's difficult. I've done this. I've done that. I would say just go straight to a professional. We, We offer free consultancy take that opportunity and speak to one of our professionals here. They will help you. And, and again, we will tell you which product is going to do well and which product doesn't do well uh, in Europe. And then it's going to be up to you. Um, one thing that I will say, if you're planning to launch your, your uh, Canadian flags in Europe, please don't bother because we don't buy Canadian flags. Um, <laughs> or, or American flags. Canadian and American flags, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're Canadians buy. buy Canadian flags. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but you know, I've come across these things whereby uh, somebody has been uh, uh, driven to to launch into Europe, and they just thought that they're going to be launching with their um, the, the, that inventory. And we're going to ask you what sort of like products you're going to be selling, and we'll do a bit of consultancy on it. But you know what? We leave it to you if they're going to be coming through uh, real uh, via yourselves. Uh, I would hope that uh, you guys are going to tell them, but uh, yeah, this is what's going to work out better. Uh, I would say, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we, what exactly what Melanie's saying, you know, you want to ensure the same due diligence that you do when you're researching your products in the US market, whichever market you've decided to start in, you do exactly the same thing in all the other different marketplaces as well. And there are tools to help you do it. It's the same process. Um, So it's not hard, but you do need to make sure that you're not just going to sell a turd, right? Basically in a country. So that's what you need to (laughs) get. So that's awesome, Melanie. Thanks for breaking that down for us. Um, There's a lot of different insights there. And I I think the key thing that, that I'm hearing is there's a lot of changes. You know, it was kind of dormant for a while. Brexit has kicked things up a bit. Now the rest of Europe's like, okay, we need to kind of figure this out because we haven't got the the steer ship going on, right? Um, So they're also in a bit of turmoil thinking, well, how do we now reestablish ourselves as a European Union, including the Republic of Ireland, hopefully. Yes. And and maybe Scotland, if they still want to do that. Um, But, you know, I'm I'm not confusing people there. That's just a joke, by the way. So anyway, um, if you... um, So I think there's going to be a lot more change. So if you guys are thinking about moving into Europe... As we, I think we've said, you know, work with a professional that knows what they're doing, that's on top of the changes, that's actually going to come up with a solution before even the change, you know, happens or have a solution just because someone's whispered it somewhere, right? And so I think that's kind of the key, a key thing for people is just because you may right now feel like you've got a small business, you have to have a big business mindset. Don't do everything yourself, right? So before we leave you, Melanie, I know you're really busy. Thanks for like hanging out with us today. Do you have any other thoughts or insights for Amazon sellers before we let you go? You know, is there anything that you're like, yep, Brexit's cool and all that, but you know, this is what I'm seeing because you work with tons and, you know, you know, thousands of sellers. So I was going to say millions and maybe it's millions. Um, (laughs) But do you, is there anything that's burning right now that you would like to leave people with as a, 
as a kind of thought process around growing their business? Yeah, I, I would turn around and say, you know, when uh, when uh, um, people came in into this space, or so especially in, in the UK years ago, there wasn't that view that I want to build a business that I can sell. Uh, more and more, uh, 2020, 2021, um, I've got about uh, nine deals that are going on at the moment, people that are exiting their businesses. They would have never thought, you know, COVID, it's 10 individuals. It's not, a, it's not a good time. We've lost a, a lot of uh, great individuals. But at the same time, from a business point of view, we've seen uh, some uh, of, the, of the entrepreneurs that started in the market three, four years ago, exiting, becoming millionaires, which is uh, absolutely fantastic. So I would say take this serious from day one. You know, other people, they turn around and say, hey, it's not everything. It's not everything that's about selling your business. For me, it is about selling because um, the reason why you're coming into business is to maximize your income and grow. And uh, we don't do this for fun. So <laughs> I would turn around and say, if seriously you are looking to exit your business in the future, take this opportunity of growing it in international markets, expand into Europe, because that is a good thing for anybody that is looking to acquire you. They're going to look at the, the, the fact that you've already created some trends. You already created a story about your business, and it's easy for somebody to just take it on into, into the next uh, level. Yeah. So I would say let's see some more millionaires coming out in uh, or coming in into the space in 2021 and uh, beyond. Awesome. Yeah, that's a really good perspective. And, you know, we've had a few guests on the podcast, you know, Thrasio, Corin Woodmass. Um, mm. I think we had amazing exits as well, where essentially just, you know, being able to, as we said just earlier, you know, yeah, you start for some people that are just starting right now, that feels mm. like a dream, right? However, yeah. it's very much a reality. There was a, over a billion dollars that were invested in businesses that are acquiring businesses to yeah. be able to build big, big, big businesses mm. that, mm. you know, they can sell one day as well. And there's a lot of money in that space. And so it's very realistic now to come into the market, very. Um, build a great business in two years and sell it for seven figures plus and beyond, right? Um, yeah. Or if you want to keep it for a bit longer and grow it a bit bigger, then, you know, eight figures, potentially nine figures. So I think it's as big as you want to make it. Or if you want to get, get a million bucks off the table and then whack it into a, I don't know, uh, a policy that gives you, I don't know, 100 grand a month, 100 grand a year. Mm -hmm. Happy yeah. days, right? And then put your feet up and go to the beach. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm just going to say, uh, and people can hear these speakers and say, uh, Melanie's just saying, this is real stories. I had a client that was looking just before COVID to exit for 5 million. And uh, of course, COVID hit. It was during this time last year when, when the panic started and everything. Of course, nobody knew how things were going to be. Um, right now, we are. She's, she's looking to exit at least by end of uh, latest end of uh, uh, April, but she's going to be exiting at 25 million. Oh, my Lord. Awesome. Yeah. So it's just in a space. <laughs> yeah. So, so in, in March last year, Five million was absolutely a huge sum of money for her. Yeah. Twelve months later, twenty-five million. She can smell it. It's so close. <laughs> yep. It's so close. 
That's awesome. It's it's so exciting. I am constantly having so much butterflies. And people say, what keeps you excited, Melanie, about the whole thing? I said, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It feels like you're in a board game. Right. It's fun. I am enjoying this. I am enjoying seeing so many millionaires, uh, uh, individuals coming up, uh, you know, some of them, they came to us from uh, early stages and exiting on huge amounts of money. And and this could happen to anybody that is looking to start. It's not for the selected few. And this is real stuff. Yeah, that's brilliant. Well, thank you, Melanie, for leaving us on that positive note, which is awesome. Um, What we're going to do is we'll add a link to a VASC in the show notes below. Um, but if our audience has got any questions or how can people contact VASC and kind of work out their strategy for coming into Europe and you've got some awesome other insights as well. So how do they contact you? Yeah, they can catch us on uh, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on my email, melanie at avaskgroup.com. There is uh, my wingman, Tom Mick. So it's uh, Tom Mick. Uh, sorry, it's tom.meek at avaskgroup.com. And Meek is M-E-E-K. Yeah, awesome. Great. We'll put those below in the show notes as well so people can reach out to you. And obviously, Melanie, thanks again for being on again and sharing some great insights and strategies on the Brexit updates and compliances, talking about all the tax regulations and also the ability to sell your business because that is a dream for a lot of people in this business. So guys, if you like what you heard today, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share a podcast with friends who might get value out of it as well. Also to get some absolutely free training on what it takes to have a successful business to fuel your lifestyle, head to www.goteamreal.com to download our free training today. And guys, we'll see you next week for the next Sprint to Profit episode. And as always, we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.